0: All right. Good evening, and welcome to the Port Sports Pod. This is Clay Biker, uh, joined with Sam, Dries, and Charlie. Um, we founded the Port Sports Boys about not over. Oh, probably, and started off at the porch at my rental house, and
1: from there, we're currently porchless. We got porch but... coming in uh, about a month or so. New pop. New podcast so. household.
0: <laughs> In a month, we got Chuck providing us with a port, so we'll be back. But we've been providing you guys with a little bit of Twitter content, some lighthearted fun, and now the dream all along was to create a podcast. So here we are with the pod, and we're looking forward to talking some all sports, but specifically today, the NFL and the NFL draft. Um. So. There's a little bit of big news in the NFL today as the Patriots traded Rob Gronkowski to the Buccaneers for a fourth-round pick. Um, yeah. I know this isn't an NFL – we're not keying in on NFL news here today, but, Dreis, what are the your initial
2: takeaways from Rob Gronkowski going to the Bucs? Okay, so my initial takeaways is I'm a huge Bill Belichick guy. And he got a fourth round pick for a WWE wrestler. <laughs> so obviously it's it's a win there. But then we got we got Tampa Bay. We don't they don't like using the tight end traditionally, but we know Gronk cut the weight, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in the slot. A little mismatch, like a little lighter Gronk, maybe not in line blocking as much. So it should be fun. All right.
0: Sam, there's no
2: way they hang on to O. J. Howard and Cameron Bright here, is there?
3: Uh, I don't think that they can hang on to both of them. If I were them, I'd probably hang on to uh, OJ Howard look to deal Cameron Brate some point in the near future. But you can use probably Howard and Gronk just because I don't see Gronk having a full mm. load of snaps right away just with the fact yeah. that he's coming off of the WWE stuff, a little bit of retirement. They're going to find a way to probably use both of them and they can both be versatile weapons in uh, Bruce
0: Arians' offense. Right. And hey, Chuck, so what fantasy impact does Rob Gronkowski on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what, what fantasy impacts will we see with Mike Evans, uh, Godwin, some of those other tight ends? Like, what are we
1: going to see? Uh, I think it's going to be a huge impact for people who are – who currently need a tight end if it, if you're talking Dynasty League or if you're looking to pick up a tight end in this year's uh, fantasy leagues. I think he's going to have a huge impact on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just that familiarity he's had with uh, TV. The past few years, he knows what he likes. And I think Gronkowski is an awesome addition for that Arian's offense.
0: Absolutely. So purpose of this pod here is for us to dive into the NFL draft. Um, first off, just got to clear the air. I am not a big NFL guy. Um, <laughs> Shame. I. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't watch a ton of college football. I so a lot of these names are a little unfamiliar to me, but with my involvement in fantasy football, I've kind of stayed up to date with a lot of these guys, but I'm going to be taking the backseat to these guys throughout the, most of this podcast, just kind of keep helping keep us on track. So our first thing here is we just want to get some hot takes out there. Um, I know Drice has got is sitting on a few. Um, <laughs> so Dryce, take it away.
2: Honestly, I'm a I'm a hot take guy in general. People know I like the hot takes. Honestly, I think I'd start off like Tua. He's super polarizing because he's got the injury history. I've seen him as go as high as like a trade up to two or three, and in recent mocks with sources that are plugged in, like like Peter King and Albert Breer and all those guys, have him dropping past past the tens, past I'd be past Dolphins, Chargers, and Jaguars. So, I don't know. That would be a fun one to watch just to see where he ends up. I, I think my gut is that he'll go – I mean, he'll still go top five. I think it could be some smoke being let out by the GMs. But, I mean, if we see him drop, like a team like the Patriots, I'm not a big Tua guy. But if you'd end up in New England, I think you got to respect the fit. And it's, a, it, it's the perfect fit for Tua. And they got assets. They're kind of approaching a rebuild, whether they want to maybe let go of Joe Thune, the all-pro guard. And maybe move up from 23. I don't know. Yeah. So, Charlie,
0: what do you have up your Oh, site? man.
1: um, I, have, I don't have as many as probably Dreiss has, but one kind of hottish take I've kind of attached on to is uh, Denzel Mims being the best receiver in this year's draft. Um, Ooh, I oh, You hear about all about the Jerry Judy and CD Lamb. Uh, comps and um, choosing between them two. Who do you think is going to be the first one picked up? Which I think it's going to be CD just for the fit in uh, Las Vegas with Mayock and Gruden. But I don't think people yeah. are paying attention to Mims as much. The guy's vitals are off the charts. He had a solid combine this past April. And I think that he's name that. You're going to be hearing a lot of this come for years to come in the league. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, I like
2: that one, Luddy.
0: All right, Sam. I know you're probably the most down-to-earth one of us four,
2: but what hot takes do you have? Give me spicy, Sam. Um,
3: If I were drafted in the NFL draft, I think Justin Herbert would fall out of the first oh, round. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I don't – I know that everybody looks at him. He's got ideal size. He's sitting at about 6'6", 240. He's got a huge arm. I mean, he throws – massive speed on his passes the all the receivers at Oregon talked about how hard the ball hit their hands but when I look at him I don't really see a natural leader Mm -hmm. I think he's pretty soft-spoken person and I know that there's a place for those type of people in the NFL but I just don't think if you're drafting to rebuild a team which most teams that are drafting quarterbacks are Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd draft Herbert in the first round and just with the surplus of quarterbacks in the NFL right now it seems like there's a lot of good quarterbacks to go around right now i don't think that i'd chance a first round pick on justin herbert
2: i'm going to piggyback off that and say an even more hot take i would take tyler huntley utah's quarterback i mean maybe not necessarily over herbert but for where he'll get where he'll get drafted at i think he's way better value i think i think he's a better quarterback mm-hmm. but yeah and he was the first team, Pac-12, and Herbert was the third team, and it, yeah, but yeah. So, so you're saying based off of situation that they're going to land in will be a better situation, Dreyse? I'm saying, or... I'm saying, if you take Herbert at six, and you could get Huntley on day three, whether that's round five, round seven and you could say that about a lot of guys too but i think huntley is a better quarterback his attempts were minimal at utah but he led he was top 5 in the nation for yards per attempt completion percentage and qbr i think he's getting i think he's getting undervalued in the process cuz he didn't he didn't get a combine invite and he, with the quarantine his pro day was yeah, yeah so so essentially you think
0: huntley is going to go later than he should and herbert's going to go earlier than he should
2: Essentially. Yeah. I'm saying I wouldn't take either first round. I don't, I don't think either end up as a quality starter in the league, but like on a more hot take basis, I think Herbert ends up in a better situation and ends up having a better career, like longevity and just a better peak than Herbert would for
0: sure. All right. So moving away from the hot takes and going more to how we feel and what we think, um, We're going to talk about the best fits in the first round, talking about what players are going to be put into the best situations to be in the rookie of the year conversation or be Mm. close to elite early on in their careers. Um, Charlie, who do you have as some of your best fits here in the first round?
1: So I'm going to start off with on the defensive side of the ball, and this guy's probably going to be – Probably around the ten to twenty pick range in the first round. I'm gonna go with Javon Kinlaw from uh, University of South Carolina. I think he'd be a perfect fit for Denver and Fick Van Geme. Mm. Um, we all know you guys are all Vikings fans. Obviously, you know what Van Fangio did to you the NFC North when he had <laughs> when he was with the Bears. Come mm. on, love. Um, I look at the Broncos, you have two elite you have an elite pass rush in Von Miller and you have a young upcoming pass rush in uh, Bradley Chubb. You pair that Javon Kinlaw with them too. put Kinlaw in the middle. I think that's a really solid front seven in a very tough division. So I think Javon Kinlaw is someone that uh, you'll see Denver pursue very hardly. Um, My next one, I'm going to switch over to offense side of ball. I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson, LSU wide receiver. Um, I, I look for Howie Roseman from the Philadelphia Eagles to trade Mm. up and try to get him in this year's Mm. draft. That's what I have in my mock currently. I see them, them trading with Las Vegas and trying to pick him up, but just, um, with Doug Peterson, I mean, you're going into a perfect situation. Carson Wentz, obviously a very talented quarterback and, I think Peterson's going to get the most out of a uh, very elite wide receiver in Jefferson. And then I'll wrap it up. Um, I know this is kind of a popular pick. I know Dreis probably is going to like this one, but I would love to see Indianapolis get back in the first round and somehow get Jordan Love. Um, mm. the, the Port Sports boys were pretty high on Jordan Love. We love, uh, we love what he's going <laughs> um, we, we to <laughs> bring to the league. I think his ceiling is off the charts. And if you look at the situation, I mean, you got Phillip Rivers. You can learn for one year. And then you got a brilliant offensive mind, Frank Reich, one of the best offensive Mm. lines young at the same time. So that's what I got for my three best fits. Um, Yeah, you guys have any questions about it to all our viewers? Give me a DM, so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Shout him out.
0: All right, Sam, what are some of the best fits you see in the first round right now?
3: Well, first one, probably pretty popular. I've got Jerry Judy going to the 49ers. With them losing Emmanuel Sanders in free agency to the Saints, they're kind of looking for somebody to step up a little bit. They've got Debo Samuel on the roster right now, and obviously they got great pass catching Ted end and George Kittle. But I just think with uh Judy's probably the best route runner in this class. And he's probably the best route runner we've seen in the previous five to 10 years, to be completely honest. And with a play caller like Kyle Shanahan, I'd be a pretty scary sight for the rest of the NFL. And you combine that with the yeah. fact that the 49ers are always going to be able to run the football. Like obviously they showed this past year, they moved from Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, Rasheem Mostert, like, They were moving all over the place. And one thing they could always do is run the ball. So you add an elite pass catcher like Jerry Judy to a situation like that at number 13 overall. And I just think that'd be a great fit. Mm. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball. I haven't seen this one a whole lot, but I kind of like Isaiah Simmons going to the Los Angeles Chargers at number six. Yeah. So just a, Detail that a little bit. They've already got probably the Swiss Army knife of the NFL and Derwin James. They got a guy that can move around, play multiple different positions. So why not add a bigger, just as burst style Mm. version in Isaiah Simmons? So the Chargers, if you look at their roster, they really don't have very many glaring holes. For a team that's picking at number six, you'd expect a lot more holes on their roster. And some people might expect them to go quarterback here. But if I'm the Chargers, I'm going with Isaiah Simmons, getting a versatile defender if you're facing Mahomes twice a year. I think that's an important thing to have. And Man. I think you can get – either stick with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback or you got quarterbacks like Cam Newton and Jameis Winston on the market that you can take a chance on for a year and then see what I've, happens I've from there. i
1: back off of you, Sam. Uh, I, in my mock draft, I do have uh, L.A. taking Isaiah Simmons at six. They hold tight. They're going to ride with Tyrod for the year and try to get a quarterback next year. But I love how you said um, they're in a division with Mahomes. Mahomes is going to dictate that division for how for who knows how long. And mm. adding a Derwin James-esque player just gives that secondary and that whole entire defense more of a dynamic look. And you need dynamic players to go up against that Kansas City offense. So I love the fit. I hope it happens on Thursday. Yeah, and uh,
2: if you're in that division, you're facing Noah Fant, Darren Waller, and Travis Kels. And Derwin can definitely match up with those guys, but Isaiah Simmons is, is bigger and just as fast. Like, I mean, that's just like for defensive coordinators, that just, like, puts them, like calms yeah. them down because they don't have to worry about the that. X-factor's, that secondary,
1: yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, with James and if they get Simmons, they just added Chris Harris this past offseason – that could be yeah. a scary secondary, and Casey Hayward, sir. So,
2: let's not forget about the the, the former All Pro Iowa Hawkeye. Right, okay, care, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll you <I'll laughs> that.
2: Right, Drex, you got any? I do got what all are your days. best fits here. Or... best fits. Yeah, I got a fair share. Honestly, I love I love Shammies, Jerry Judy, uh, Niners. I think they started the year with. Marquise Goodwin and uh, Dante Pettis. As a, I mean, and uh, Debo was in the wings, but he was kind of waiting to get unleashed. So, yeah, 100%. They added Emmanuel Sanders three-year, but now he's gone. George Kittle's a phenomenal receiving threat. But, yeah, Judy would step in, take some, take some safety help off Debo so he can paper cut through his way through there. Same thing with George Kittle. I think another fit, I'm not as high on Brandon Ayuk and and I think he goes higher than what I would mm-hmm. take him and what I what people think he goes but I think the Saints in round 1 for Brandon Ayuk he's a I mean he's got like a 6 foot 9 wingspan he's phenomenal with the ball in his hands and I think Sean Payton is one of the best one of the best guys to scheme guys open we've seen it with like Michael Thomas we've seen it with Taysom Hill just a phenomenal play caller especially on the fact of just getting specific guys open running plays for him I think that would be a terrific fit. I feel like that's a surprise pick we might see in the first round. I think another another good fit would be uh, Makai Becton to the New York Jets. New York oh, yeah. Jets have been a – they've had a terrible yeah. offensive line probably the last five years. I mean, Becton's probably got the highest ceiling. He may not give you the, the best immediate impact, but, I mean, he's going to set the tone on the line. He's a freaking monster. And I, like he'll just set the tone. You get you got the left tackle spot on lockdown. Give Darn a little bit of time, a mm-hmm. little bit of extra time, so he can develop to maybe what he was supposed to be, until Adam Gase got there and shut him down. But yeah, I think another. I think another good fit too. Piggybacking off Isaiah Simmons, I think. I think uh, if the Chargers were to go quarterback, I think the Panthers seamless fit. You just had an All Pro Luke Kuechly retire and you lost your best cornerback to free agency. I think their defense is going to be the worst in the league, but I think Isaiah Simmons, for a defensive coordinator, to move him around, whether it's nickel quarterback, safety, linebacker, coming off the edge, blitzing up the middle. I mean, he can do anything. So just to have a chess piece like that to start your defense off with, it's just going to be phenomenal. It'll be a good start to their rebuild. All
0: right. So that wraps up our best fits portion of the podcast. We're looking towards – Teams that are go- we are going to see try to move up come Thursday night. Um, Sam, who's going to try to move up, and who are they targeting?
3: First team I really have trying to move up might be a little bit of a surprising one, but I could see the Las Vegas Raiders potentially making a play for Tua if he starts to make a little bit of a slide <laughs> as as Tua's stock is kind of all over the place right now, and I think he's probably one of the most polarizing prospects we've had in the last 10 to 15 years just because scouts are all over the place on him, whether they think his hip's ready, his ankle's ready, or if they've got injury concerns, or if they see the guy that was the highest-rated passer in college football for a couple of years. I think Mayock and Gruden love Tua, and if he starts to slide past the number – four five six area i could see them probably making a push trying to trade up maybe with look at the panthers at seven or the cardinals at eight for potential trade partners right Um, so oh go ahead
0: ahead.
3: and then well, i was going to go with my the second team that i thought would potentially try to move up would be the atlanta falcons Right now, they're sitting at number 16. They were probably one of the more disappointing teams in the NFL last year as they've never truly recovered from that Super Bowl that they lost to the New England Patriots. And I think that they still have a very talented roster on the offensive side of the ball. So I could see them potentially moving up, trying to get a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. So whether they're eyeing an elite corner like – Jeff Okuda by moving up or whether they want a big guy in the middle with Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw, I think that they could make a play up and try to bolster their defensive side of the ball just
0: a little bit. Yeah, so Charlie, what's one team well, you see trying I to move up on Thursday? I
1: have this team moving up until actually today when I saw that they had Gronkowski. They got Gronkowski. But uh, yeah, with gaining him now, Uh, Don't be shocked if you see Tampa Bay trying to move up and getting one of the top uh, tackles in this year's draft. Um, Tom Brady, he's obviously getting up there with age. They're going to want to protect him for however long he's going to be there. But uh, don't be shocked if they move up. Maybe try to get an Andrew Thomas or maybe a Mackay Beck if uh, either of those two are there. So that's one team. And then do you want me to do another team or – Sure, I think we should keep moving along here. We're oh. not even halfway through
0: our. Oh yeah, I'll here. do
1: one. Uh, okay, I'll just do one more. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, and it. then I kind of, I kind of hinted at this, but I, I really um, think that Philly is going to move up and try to make a move for Justin Jefferson. Which I mean, if they like him a lot, go for it. But this again, this wide receiver class this year is unreal. So if they hang tight, I think they can still get a pretty uh solid receiver there too but yeah that's what i got cool hey Dre, so who's moving up so i think a lot of the people who are
2: gonna or teams that are gonna move up have kind of been touched mm-hmm. on there's a few more but just since it's a, a pot out of sioux county i'm gonna go with the minnesota vikings i've heard rumblings that they're gonna they're gonna take a tackle first round and, I mean, the discrepancy from, say, 14 is a tackle for the top – or the floor for the top four tackles. I think the – I mean, I think a drop from, say, a Andrew Thomas or Makai Becton at 14 to a Ezra Cleveland or a Austin Jackson at 22, I, I, I wouldn't be I, – I, I think I'd be against moving up and giving a lot of extra draft capital to get a tackle. But if that's the direction they want to move in, I think it would be smartest to go – Give them give – them, I mean, we got the – I think we got 12 picks in the draft. You got some to spare. Give them some of those picks to move up and just to assure yourself one of the top four tackles. So I think that's a team that could move up. I could also see them trading back if, say, a Jordan Love were to slip to 22. We've got the Patriots at 23 and the Saints at 24. Both teams who could maybe take a quarterback. So, I mean, a team like the Colts – any one of those teams, they could they could move up and uh, auction that pick off for some extra third rounders or second rounders. Cool. So we're looking at the steal of the
0: draft. Who do we think is going to be drafted lower than where people are projecting? and who might slip and somebody might get a steal. Uh, Dre, you want to take the lead on this one? Who do you think is going to be the steal of the draft?
2: All right, so I got a, I got a lot of steals, but I'm going to maybe stick to my, my kind of favorite steals. There's been rumblings that Damon Arnett maybe slipping until late second, early third. He was a lead cornerback at, uh, at Ohio State last year alongside Jeff Akuda. I feel like he'd be a steal if the Vikings or anybody else could snag him maybe a let sec- late second round. That'd be an awesome one. Another one, uh, would be uh Courtney Davis a receiver from Texas A&M. It may be kind of a hot take, but if you look at digs coming out at Maryland, they're not exactly the same, but they have a lot of similarities. They win. They're almost good at everything. They may not have an elite trait, but just technical route runners, excellent footwork. And, uh, just a good receiver. He'll probably go round four, round five. So that'd be a steal for any team that would take him.
0: Okay.
2: So Sam, who are your steals?
3: Uh, My number one steal is really Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC. He's 6'4", 220, runs a 4'5", 40-yard dash. So all the measurables are there. Excellent size. Ran good routes. I think he only had five drop passes during his entire career at USC. So obviously he's got great hands. He's extremely smooth with the ball in his hands. And when he's running his routes makes a lot of contested catches. And I just think with the way that the wide receiver class is absolutely loaded this year, like he's probably going to drop a little bit farther than he would in a typical draft. So once you get past, you got your big three and Judy lamb rugs, you got Jefferson, As Chuck mentioned earlier, you got Denzel Mims. You got all kinds of wide receivers. Pittman might be one that's lost in the shuffle, and I think somebody could be getting a wide receiver one with a mid-second round, early third round pick.
0: Yeah, so
1: Charlie, Um, what are your thoughts here? I'm going to go to the grave with this one. I'm head over heels for Denzel Mims, boys. I mean, I think – I think he's, <laughs> he's going to be an absolute stud in the league. I mean, I have him in my mock. I have him going to 25 to your Minnesota Vikings. But if he would somehow slip into the second round, I mean, you got to go for it. I mean, he's just – the vitals are there. The catching ability is there. The route running will come um, as he progresses throughout his career. But I just think he's going to be a – Talented, talented player in the league. And then kind of to shift into the later rounds, I'm going to go with – I know if any Cyclone fans are out there listening, you might hate me for this, but I love Gino Stanton and what he uh, provided for Iowa over the yes. past years. I think you could see him uh, slipping into the third day maybe, and whoever can snag him, good for you because he is a heck of a safety and knows how to play the game of football. So. <laughs> Exactly.
2: I was going to touch on Geno Stone as a sleeper, you. but I figured I would let it slide, but Amani Hooker last year, we saw it. He followed around four. He's just an immediate playmaker from day one. Those guys, I mean, Iowa guys in general, not to be cliche, but they just stick on rosters. Yeah. They work hard. Geno Stone, exact same case scenario. He'll fall and he'll stick special teams maybe a couple years make, off the bat, yeah. but for sure.
0: Oh, So, what's scary is Charlie, you have you said Denzel Mims, you love him. In my mock, I've got Denzel Mims going 30 to the oh, Packers and that sends um, a little shudder down my spine. And, and as a Vikings fan, I'm not loving that, but <laughs> No. Well, do <to> the Vikings <laughs> that's have any fair, that's right fair. but anyway, okay. Anyway, okay. So want to start talking about the biggest riser and faller like who do you think is going to get picked earlier than anybody's expecting and who's going to fall further than again what anybody's expecting sam you want to take the lead on this one
3: all right so i already detailed pretty much my biggest faller earlier in the hot takes section but i really think justin herbert could be experiencing a free fall on draft night because if i've heard the dolphins and chargers might be high on him but if he gets past picks five and six I, don't really see a clear landing spot for him for quite a while, unless somebody else is going to trade up and try to get him. So if he's expecting to go in the top six, I think he could be in for a free fall similar to what uh, Aaron Rodgers experienced on draft night. And yeah, my biggest riser, uh, Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois, yes. safety. The first time I heard about him, I was listening to the Moving the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. So as I heard his name, I hadn't really heard of him much before. And the more I went back and watched him, the more I kind of just like fell in love with his game. He's sitting there, safety, three, he's 220, runs his 40 in the four mm-hmm. fours. So like all the measurables are there. You watch the tape and he just pops off the screen. Like he's making plays all over the place. He's down in the box a little bit. He's making plays in the backfield. He's picking He's picking quarterbacks off. 13 career interceptions I just think really the only question mark left with him is the quality of competition that he faced and you aren't going to know what you're getting until he shows up at your facility but I just think he's somebody that's going to continue to rise as he probably wasn't projected very highly early on but he's coming up creeping up into the top 50 and he's going to only continue to rise until Thursday night.
2: Yeah, so Dreis, who do you got? His rising. I'm just gonna quick piggyback off what Sam said. I'm a huge Jeremy Chin fan. Excellent, excellent athlete. Awesome safety. He can move in the box. He can play free. I was contemplating having him going as high as 27 in my uh, in my mock draft. That'd be the Seahawks. They love drafting great athletes that are kind of shocker picks. But then my other two, I think one would be Austin Jackson, the tackle from. from uh, USC, I think, I think he'll go maybe as high as 14 to the Bucks if we see a big run on tackles. And I think, honestly, maybe his floor could be 18 to the Dolphins. I think they're pretty dead set on going to tackle that pick. Maybe we could see him trade up to get one of the top four guys, but maybe they keep their picks and just stand pat at 18. Take Austin Jackson. He's a great athlete. He got, he got burned by Epinesa. Uh, in the bowl game, but we'll see. He's got all the traits. He's got athletic ability. And then my other one, I think, would be Caesar Ruiz from uh, Michigan. I think he's a plug-and-play. Any interior position, specifically center, it's not, it's not typical of Bill Belichick to take a center with a high draft cap- capital like 23 overall. I think we could see that. I, I, I think we could see him anywhere from 20 to 32, really.
0: Cool. Um, the last organized topic that we're going to touch on here is people that we think are going to be underdrafted. Um, Charlie, who do you think is going to be underdrafted in this um, draft on Thursday or Friday, Saturday?
1: Um, let me my uh, notes for a second. You want to shit over someone else?
2: So I'll tee off for of this one. I think one player that could get underdrafted. We're kind of talking the top half of the draft here. We're not getting into so much sleepers, but I think Antoine Winfield Jr., absolute baller. He loves the game of football. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does everything. You may not look at him as a marquee prospect because he went to the University of Minnesota, a school that doesn't maybe funnel, I mean, top prospects every year, but I mean, he's a baller. He'll stick around. He'll be a 10-year player in the league easily. So that's one of mine. I think another one, is going to be Zach Bond, a linebacker from Wisconsin. I we see we saw last year with the Patriots how versatile Kyle Vinoy was. If Bond can work on his coverage abilities a little bit and draw back, he can do it all. And I think a I think a Kyle Vinoy would be a proper comparison for him. He can come off the edge, he can blitz up the middle, he can cover, I mean he can stop the run. I think we could see him go as high as twenty three to the Patriots, whether I mean, what, whatever their vision would be, maybe they'll take a quarterback or go on the offensive end, but he's a beast. He'll still be in the league for a, a long time, but. Yeah. So Sam, who do you got?
3: I went same school as did with Antoine Winfield Jr. And instead I went with Tyler Johnson on the offensive mm. side of the ball. As you guys can probably see, my big theme is pretty much wide receivers. I'd, love watching wide receivers play and tyler johnson is as smooth as it gets he makes plays he's a great great at the point of attack where he's just winning balls over dbs and i just think he's going to be he's going to be a steal wherever he's drafted and just again with the depth of the wide receiver class he's going to go under drafted and another person that i kind of like anthony gordon out of washington Mm. state as their quarterback he's Obviously, coming from the Mike Leach system, his numbers are probably a little inflated, as we saw with Gardner Minshew. But again, as we saw with Minshew this past year, some of that does translate to the NFL. So I just think Gordon's not really getting talked about in the same breath as a lot of the wide, or the quarterback prospects, even those like Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason and those guys. But I just think Gordon could be a solid player. If he can come in, learn an NFL system, sit behind a solid quarterback for a couple of years, he's got a little bit of – he's got some talent there. He's got good footwork, He makes his reads. But arm strength is a little bit of an issue, and that's something that he's going to have to work on if he wants to make the transition. But he's going to get under drafted, and he could hopefully get an opportunity to make a name for himself. In a yeah, couple of years I honestly
2: here. think I would probably take Anthony Gordon over Herbert. Herbert's got a far higher ceiling, but – I mean, I know what I'm getting with Gordon. He's just a uh, – yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to get errant interceptions like you would with Herbert, but yeah.
1: I did. I have uh, – yeah. So, Charlie, did you find guys your I believe that are going to be okay. um, underdrafted. I'm going to start off in the SEC with Caleb on Chasen from LSU. I have him falling out of the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he is a first-round talent, but I think just – People are valuing, like, uh, Yerter Gross Matos over him or the likes of a Kenneth Murray. I really think uh, Caleb on chase could make an immediate impact on a team. He can rush the passer. He gives a physical presence, unlike some of these other outside linebacker slash edge guys uh, there so And then my second guy is LaVisca Chenault, the wide receiver out of Colorado. Um, yes. I don't know if you guys knew this, but he was contemplating on entering last year's draft, I believe, and he decided to come back to school, and I believe the talking first, second round with him last year, and he's kind of fallen off the radar just because of the loaded wide receiver class this year, but I think LaVisca Chenault is going to be a very underrated pick this year, so
0: Yeah, I agree with right, so he... Oh, go ahead.
3: Well, I was just going to piggyback go off ahead, of said with uh, LaVisca here. I just think he's got, I mean, he's 6'1". He's sitting at probably 6'1", 225 or so. He would have gone higher in last year's draft, as Chuck kind of talked about. He makes plays with the ball in his hands. Like, if anybody finds the way to give him the ball, he really mm-hmm. just makes plays. And really, the only question mark I see with him is his effort kind of wavered on occasions, which is something that, Teams are probably going to ask him about, and they're going to want to know a little bit more about. But if he can get that figured out and just kind of, I don't know, I think he could easily make the transition to the NFL in a really seamless way, and somebody's going to get great value. Yeah, and I'm going to quick
2: piggyback off that as well. Honestly, when Cordero Patterson was playing with the Patriots and he was getting 10 to 14 carries a game, not to make the direct comparison because they both have dreads and they're both big-body receivers, But I mean, but they're similar (laughs) – LaVisca's electric with the ball in his hands. And I honestly, if he could end up somewhere to where he could get, I mean, like a 10 to like 14 touches a game, whether that's as a running back or as a receiver, we've all watched Mm -hmm. Tavon Tavon Austin's West Virginia highlight tape. Probably one of the better ones, like maybe the best of college football. Mm -hmm. And I think he's, you could call him like a chubby Tavon Austin. I think Tavon Austin entered the league at a bad time where it wasn't so much used as a gadget player, but I think, I think LaVisca could end up, if he ends up in the right fit, I think he could be such a gnarly player, whether that's running the ball. And I mean, in the slot, just getting in the ball and going, but
0: yeah. Right, boys. So moving into the last part here, I kind of want just a little bit of just free flowing conversation about different topics with the draft. Um, my first one is I want to hear from all three of you. Who's going number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals? I
2: think I think it's Burrow. I mean, yeah, this it's a
1: no-brainer. Yeah, yeah,
2: really. Yeah, I, I think I think people I think people okay, tend so to that brings overthink oh, go ahead. the Bengals taking Burrow just because they're such a sorry organization hasn't won, so they maybe think they're gonna trade out, maybe try to get a bunch of assets, but. I just think if if Burrow falls into your lap, I mean you got to take him. And I think he's a similar fit. He plays similarly like Goff would be. And I mean their head coach was Goff's quarterback coach not even 2 years ago, so yeah, seamless fit. I don't know.
3: Mm-hmm. So I I agree and like some people are going to point to if you're a, more of a casual fan, I guess you're going to look at the fact that Burrow started for 1 plus years and we didn't really hear about him a whole lot before this year and couldn't crack the starting lineup at Ohio State. But I think if you look at his progression as a player, the season he put up this year was Mm -hmm. absolutely unbelievable. And the the teams that they were playing against, like he was playing NFL talent on a consistent basis in at least seven or eight games. And he was, I mean, he was tearing those guys up. The throws that he makes maybe doesn't have the greatest arm strength, but he was putting balls in tight windows. Throwing people open. He was going through his progressions. He's got enough mobility. Like, there's no reason why Burrow shouldn't be the number one pick, and Cincinnati would be pretty stupid in my yeah, opinion he's, not to go. His after situation
2: him. was excellent with Jamar Chase, Jefferson, I mean, Thad Moss, Joe Brady calling the plays. But, I mean, he had the, he probably had like maybe the best college football season of all time. Maybe the num- numbers will inflate it, but yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, so I guess
0: I'm a casual fan, I guess, that Sam kind of touched on. I am so – there's. I think the fact that he couldn't really play play at Ohio State for three years is a big red flag to me. And then to go to LSU and really struggle – I mean, not even completing Ooh. 60% of his passes in his year one there at LSU, um, completing half the amount of passes he – had his senior year. Um, I just think that's a glaring red flag. And I just think Chase Young is a can't miss superstar in this league. And I just would have a hard yeah, time passing Yeah, I,
2: I, I respect that because Chase Young's, I mean, his ceiling is probably uh, like a one, two, one first time or first. Like he may be out of one all pro or two all pros. Like, I mean, he's going to be elite defender. But I just think the chance that Burrow is going to be. I mean, I've said to my friends that I think he's going to end up having like a Matt Ryan ass career. I mean, if you can get that at quarterback after having Carson Palmer, who was meh, I mean, he was good, but, and then Andy Dalton, who was just like nothing. I mean, you just got to take the risk. But yeah, but yeah, Chase Young's unbelievable. Yeah.
0: So, and then another thing is I'm just surprised about the lack of Tua love. Um, you just watch Tua play, and I, is it solely his injuries? Is that what's gonna scare um, teams away?
2: I, I think injuries definitely plays a part. And I mean teams have like thresholds of medicals, whether they pass the test or they don't. And I mean some teams might have him off the board just because he doesn't maybe meet what they want to have. But I just think Tua a plane with four like almost surefire first round picks as receivers and then uh, his running back is also awesome has been awesome I think NFL former NFL offensive coordinator I just think with Tua Tua is awesome and I think if he was maybe not as hyped you'd be getting awesome value as like a but yeah I just don't see a lot of things that Tua does really elite and I see Drew Brees comparisons I see Russell Wilson comparisons but I mean I don't think he's as accurate as Drew Brees as special as Drew Brees and, I mean, I don't think he has the D ball or even mobility as Russell Wilson, maybe, so.
0: Right. So, the last thing I kind of wonder about is I've been looking through various mock drafts is – and as a Hawkeye fan, I always kind of keep an eye out for where they're at. I always see Tristan Wirfs. Um, he's somebody that I see fluctuating anywhere from going, like, number four to the Giants to falling into the late teens. I just – I'm curious, why is Tristan Wirf so volatile in where teams are looking I mean, to draft
1: him? I, me personally, I mean, just I've mean, i watched him beat up my, my clones for the past three years and he is a freak <laughs> among, <laughs> among men. I mean, obviously, everyone saw the combine and what he did there. I mean, I just don't know how you can pick the likes of a... Je- I mean, Jedrick Willis is good and stuff, but I think when you look at Tristan Wirfs, those vitals in that combine performance and what that mm-hmm. guy can do at his size is just, you can't teach that. And I, this is coming straight from me. I think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer someday. And, yeah. Oh, no, Jesus. But, like, and, and Iowa, that's, <laughs> that's what Iowa does. They produce <laughs> linemen like none other. Like, none other freaking. Uh, program in the country, so I don't know why he's kind of fluctuating all over the place. But I would, I would just bet my money that he'd go number four.
2: And, and worse, I think if it's it's hard to Oof. look at worse and not see like Trent Williams, who's been probably a top five tackle in the last, like since he entered the league, like last seven eight years. I just think that full, like his athleticism, you bet on that. His film. You bet on that as well, and I mean, he's just like Iowa lineman. Uh, yeah, just a can't miss. And, I would take him yeah, And five the thing and is about on...
1: him is like his motor is nonstop too. I feel like like you're not you're not going to be worried mm-hmm. about him giving not giving effort in a game. So I think that's what also from the other prospects.
0: All right, so as we are. <laughs> Thinking about what Charlie just said of him being a first-ball Hall of Famer, I just did a quick Google search of all-time NFL Hall of Fame snubs. Um, a couple of names that stood out: Jim Marshall, John Lynch. Um, those are elite guys. Tory Holt, Sterling Sharp. I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on. I I respect. No, you know, I, I respect, take, I respect gotta, the take. Honestly, they want.
1: If, they, they want they want good takes. If well. <laughs> him my first team I'm
2: all a pro, a pro but don't go saying he's all pro which that's... I wouldn't put it past him. I mean,
1: I, I don't know. I th- okay, okay. You know what? It's it's oh, it's hot, but somebody's insane be to say them. about. Okay,
2: and I think. I mean, like you could throw a dart at the class, whether it's Chase Young, Isaiah Simmons, worse maybe one of those guys. But I think somebody's gonna be like. One, like one of the top tier guys in this class will end
1: literally up the only, only thing that's holding worse back is like, you see guys okay. retiring early oh, now in the game of football. I think that's the only thing that's going to keep him from getting to his full potential. Cause no one in the history of the combine did what he did. I'm just going to leave it at that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. I guess I respect it. Um, Anybody gotta get anything uh, off their oof. chest? Yeah. Tom, I, feel like, to, I feel like yeah, you were you, you were to, more uh,
2: narrating. I need your yeah, spiciest. There. I need your spiciest take. Just give me anything. My spiciest
0: take. If well, I was trying to get after it and then Sam kind of took it from me, is or kind of stole my thunder with it. But I just if I'm the Bengals, I do um, not you think take mine is Joe I just Ugh. I I just think <laughs> Well, well, I'm not calling no somebody kid, a hall too. of famer a 21 year old kid,
2: but anyway, that's I just think. <laughs> so, Tom. So, Tom. Well, I'm I'm, I'm Chris Greer from the uh, Miami Dolphins. I'm offering five, five, twenty six and uh, 39. Maybe are you accepting that for Joe Burrow? Are you taking? Are you taking Chase Young? Or are you trading?
0: Deal, deal,
2: deal. Okay, well, I, I mean, deal I trade. Every Whoa, every man to his own. I respect it.
0: So, I. Well, take it with a grain of salt, but I just feel, and then again, I just feel like if Burrow, I don't know, I guess I just have always thought I watched Tua and he just pops (laughs) off the screen for me with his arm talent. And I know he's short. I know he's six foot. um, I know he's fragile and broke his hip. Nobody does that. Um, I get that that's a red flag here. I just don't think that there's a sure fire stud quarterback in this draft. I'm not sure I'd use high draft capital on one. Uh, um,
2: yeah. I guess that's just all I, I have to it, say about that. If that's what your opinion on Burrow is, it's <laughs> definitely the most smart way to go. Yeah. Because if you, I mean, if you trade back from right. five, you prefer Tua over Burrow and maybe you can still snag Tua. You can get him an, like a receiver and maybe, or a tackle and maybe a receiver to go with him. Yeah. I respect it. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, yeah. but I definitely respect yeah.
0: it. Right. And then, I guess just another thing, I'm surprised we're not hearing more about the Redskins going after a like, quarterback. I yeah. don't know. I know they just used one on Dwayne Haskins, first-round pick on Haskins last year, but we saw enough from Haskins last year to know, and I, I'm speaking I mean, just for myself I here, but I, I think Dwayne Haskins is just that.
1: bad. I know a lot of people are saying that now, but like, he went through a coaching turnover halfway through the season. That, ro- that offensive roster was kind of a mess outside of McLaurin. And I just think he needs stability right now. We'll see how it goes, but I just think you got to give him a little more, more time and just more familiarity with a certain system, mm-hmm. certain coach, certain. Yeah. But yeah, he's a, he, was a, he was a rookie. I right think here. you got to cut him some slacks. Absolutely. So.
2: And I think if they'd have number one. I think they would right. pull the Cardinals, trade off Haskins, auction them off, whatever, and take Burrow. I just don't think the the gap between Burrow and Haskins is enough for them to pass up on a Chase Young or anything else like that. So, mm-hmm.
0: interesting. Yeah, um,
1: I think that's it. All right.
0: Anybody else got anything to get off their chest here? Yeah. Uh, th- yep. That's a wrap. All right. All right, so thanks for joining us here on our first ever Porch Sports Pod. Um, hopefully you stuck took through for the whole 50 minutes of this thing. And, yeah, we're excited to see what the NFL draft brings on Thursday, and you can look for our second pod here coming up on Thursday night, Friday morning. All right? Love you guys. Thank you, and have a great week. <laughs>